I was flipping through the scripture this week, and I asked myself this question. And, and I just focused in on the Apostle Paul, didn't, didn't do some of the other writers. When Paul thinks of mothering, how does he use the image of mothering for ministry that all of us should be involved in? I thought that would be kind of a helpful question to ask. And I found there's two passages in Paul where he talks about mothering, but he's not talking specifically about be a good mother, although he's all for that. But he says, you know, there's something about being a mother that we can use when we think about ministering to others, all of us. Now, once again, when I say to you, minister, I hope you don't think Tim Huff, elders, deacons. When I say ministers from the scripture, who are the ministers of Jesus Christ that are sitting here today? You know what? It's everybody that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, isn't it? So if you're a believer, you're a minister. Now, there's certain individuals that are called to equipping and so forth. It makes me, uh, makes me kind of think of this story. I don't know if you've heard it, but um, because sometimes when we get this mixed up, it's not a good thing. Years ago, one of the football coaches, I don't, I don't remember if it was Colorado or Oklahoma, doesn't matter. But a reporter approached him and he said, what contribution does football have to physical fitness in America? And the coach said, has absolutely none. <laughs> a guy thought for a second, like, what did I learn in journalist school when they give me one of those answers? So he said, could you please elaborate? And the guy said, you know what football is? Football is 22 people on the field who desperately need rest, being watched by 60,000 people who desperately need exercise. <laughs> it's not a bad definition when you think about it. Sometimes churches are like that, isn't it? You got 22 people who desperately need rest and everybody else is kind of watching. No, when the Bible talks of ministry, it's all of us. We are all ministers of Jesus Christ. Some of you um, are official teachers here at, at the church, but all of you are unofficial teachers. You minister to somebody. You minister in your home. You minister informally. You sit down over the kitchen table and you talk to somebody. That's all ministry, folks. Some of you play music. Some of you watch children. It doesn't matter. We are all ministers. So, what can we learn from mothering for all of us as ministers. That's what I want to look at today. Two passages. The first one is found over in Galatians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. And the first image that Paul uses when he thinks of mothers and he applies it to ministry, is he thinks of mothers who are going through labor pain to have a child. Isn't that interesting? So I, I'm not going to get graphic here or anything, but... but just let's kind of read what Paul says here in Galatians chapter four. And, and, you know, Paul's problem with the Galatians is, man, he had given his life to these people, man. They loved him so much. And, 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 and then he left town and somebody came in and teaching some all kinds of false doctrine about the gospel and things you got to add to the gospel. And man, Paul writes back and he's just he's really upset because he loves these people. And to kind of pick up the momentum. Um, let, me, let me just start, I'm going to start in verse 12, but where I really want to get is verse 19. So I'm not going to say a whole lot about these verses, but listen, just kind of get the context and then listen to what he says about labor. Brothers, verse 12, I entreat you 
Become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. We don't know what that was with Paul. Some people say it was eye problems, malaria. I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. This text may indicate it's eye problems, but let's read on. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. He said, man, when I was with you, you guys, you just, you loved me. You, you really listened to the gospel when I gave it to you. What then has become of the blessing you felt? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your own eyes and given them to me. That's why a lot of people think that Paul's problem that he had was some eye problem. He said, you've been willing to give me your own eyes. You love me so much. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may not that you may make much of them. In other words, watch out for those false teachers. They're trying to lead you away from the truth. Verse 18. It is always good to be made much of for, for a good purpose. Not only when I am present with you. My, here it is, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone. For I am perplexed about you. We have six children. And I was there for all the labor. Didn't feel it. And with some of the earlier children, I tried to do some of those things like helping my wife. Now, honey, we're going to breathe together right now. And she would normally just say, I'll do it alone, honey. <laughs> you just be there to help me. But yeah, she, yeah, I don't know about you. Maybe some women like that. For, for me, she just wanted me there, but she didn't want me leading her through breathing. It just it didn't work terribly well. And um, my my I mean, my wife is is a gem. If you know Sherry, she's just, she's outstanding. And she she just kind of went through that like a pro. But but I've never seen my wife go through so much pain as she did when she went through labor. Um, and the most memorable moment for me was for my last child when we never even made it to the hospital on time. And I had to deliver the last child at home before they could even get there, you know, pick up, you know, I actually delivered Mary, and, which was a good reason not to have any more kids. I thought, that's it. You know, I'm like, I'm done. You know, I'm not into this delivering thing. That's over, you know. Because I acted like a doctor when I didn't have a clue what I was doing, you know. Okay, now, honey, we're going to, anyway, I won't get into those details either. But anyway, but I would watch my wife go through that labor, and it was incredibly painful. Ladies, you know what that's like, don't you? <laughs> More than me. I've only seen it. Okay. But for every mother, is it worth it? Why? Because when you have that child, women have a way of forgetting all of that pain because of that precious child they hold in their hand. Isn't that the way it works? And Paul says, that's the way it is in ministry. It's a graphic image, isn't it? Paul says, you know, and maybe you've had this experience. There's been times when I have invested my life into people. And those people, for a variety of reasons will turn away from God. 
And the pain that you experience personally over that is deep, isn't it? Maybe you've had a child walk away from the Lord. Or a mate, or extended family, or a friend, whatever. And the pain is deep. And yet Paul says, as hard as it is, I'm working with these Galatians that I'm concerned about. But you know what? I am willing to, to experience whatever pain may be because of the product. And what is the product for Paul in this text? Why, Paul, why would you go through that? Why would you invest into the life of people? Why would you be hurt by them, rejected by them? Sometimes the people you spend the most time with are the ones that will badmouth you the most. It's true. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm just telling you, it happens. Why do it? You know what he says in this text? I am in great anguish until what? Until Christ is formed in you. You know, just like a mother says, man, when I have that baby, it is worth it. So you know what drives us at the end of the day? Jesus. You know, you can come at me, you can reject me, you can do whatever you want to do, but you know what? I am so committed to see Jesus glorified and people living like Jesus. I will keep coming back. I will keep coming back. It may pain me. It may hurt at the very core of my soul. But just like a woman does labor for the birth of the baby, I will go through that kind of ministry so that Christ is formed in you. Isn't that great? I mean, it's hard. Ministry is hard. And everyone in here is a minister. You say, I'm only 10. You're a minister. Do you know you guys here in the front row? You guys are ministers. You didn't know that, but you are. There are people you can reach as a 10-year-old more effectively than I can reach. There are teenagers here. There are young adults. There are young marrieds. There's all kinds of people. And every one of you, if you know Christ, you're a minister. He says, are you willing to make the investment because you love Jesus so much and you want to see Jesus lived out in people's lives that you'll go through the pain, the rejection, whatever it entails. You'll take a risk for God. That's what Paul does. And Paul will be with us today. And we say, Paul, man, we read the catalog of what you went through in 1 Corinthians 11, man. And yet, man, it was rough. Man, you were beaten and shipwrecked and all this stuff comes at you. Paul, was it worth it? What would he say? A million times over it was worth it. It is always worthy of the investment, folks. No matter the pain of ministry, keep giving to people, not to get back, not because of Jesus. He drives us at the end of the day. All right? Helpful? Good enough? Um, does Paul say anything else? Well, I, before I go to the second passage, I thought of another passage I just wanted to read to you. Over in Colossians chapter 1, it's not the same image. He doesn't talk specifically about going through the pains of childbirth. Um, but over in Colossians chapter 1, I want you to notice what he says here because there's something he adds to it that I think is really helpful for us. Colossians chapter 1, listen to what Paul says in verse 28. Him, speaking of Christ, him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Why? That we may present Everyone mature in Christ. For this, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. You know what he says here? 
And I think it's a really important thing to, to, to note as we talk about this. Do you... Does a woman labor alone? In actuality, she does. I mean, I never quite felt the pain that Sherry went through. I was there, I was trying to empathize. But you know, never had it. When you labor in the life of other people, do you ever do it alone? Never. See, this text tells us as we move through hard labor for other people because we want to see Christ conformed in them, God is the one who is working through us. You never go it alone. Matter of fact, you're really just his mouthpiece. So it's never like, man, I'm just going to like really gut it out right now. It's, it's like labor, but it's different, isn't it? Because Paul tells us when I strive for others, God is the one who is in me, working through me that they might become more like Christ and we get to be used by him. So that's the one image he picks up on. The other one is found over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And there's only two, so this will be a shorter message today, possibly. Um, I think so. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Actually, for the fathers among us, he also picks up on the father imagery in this passage. But, but in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, once again, I want to read through the passage where I really want to get is at the end. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is talking to you about, once again, his love for ministry. And you say, I'm not an apostle, I know, but you're a minister. And at the core, the same thing should be driving us. Listen to what he says, and then we're going to get up to this spot in verse 7 that talks about a mother. And this mother imagery is not the, the imagery of labor. This is the imagery of a nursing mother. Now, I hesitate, I probably shouldn't even mention it. And my wife said, I don't know if you should mention it, but because if I mention it, then you're going to want to go look at it. But um, I was taken back. I saw something recently, the, the latest Time Magazine out. I don't know if you saw that thing on attachment parenting, but the picture was uh, in very poor taste, uh, just, just to say that. I'm not thinking of that kind of thing when I'm thinking about nursing mothers. Okay, so um, that to me is going way, way overboard. Plus the, the picture was provocative in and of itself. Anyway, listen to what he says in First Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to pick up in verse 1. Paul here is just, once again, he's just unpacking for you, laying out before you his soul. And as he's doing it and he's thinking about ministry, he can't help but not talk about mothering. So listen to what he says. You yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of conflict. It wasn't easy, Paul says. But man, we just, we were bold. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with word of flattery, as you know nor with a pretext of greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as, an, as an apostles of Christ. Now, 
there's a translation issue on the very thing I want to deal with here. I, I, I don't want to get technical here, but I'll just spend a minute. Translations go two ways when you get to this point. They either say this, and I have this in the ESV, and then I'll read the NIV. But the ESV says, and I don't want to get technical, but, but just so you know, there's a distinction. Because it's the way you handle this Greek word, and there's some textual issues. But I'll tell you what I prefer, and then I'll mention it. This is one way to translate it. Some have translated like the ESV here. Um, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her children. Anybody have a translation that says something like that? Okay. So what that means is this idea of being like a nursing mother basically means we were gentle. We were gentle like a mother's gentle. That's true. That's a truism. I'm not questioning that. The other way you can translate it is to take nursing mother and put it with the following clause. And therefore, you would read something like this. Verse 6. Although we could have made demands upon you as an apostle, rather we were like little children among you. As a nursing mother takes care of her children, so, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you the gospel of God. See the difference? So it's either describing gentle, which is true, or the nursing mother imagery, which is what I want to argue, is actually talking about giving her whole selves in ministry to others. So it says this, just like a nursing mother cares for her children, so... Being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel, but our own selves. Now, I watched my wife nurse six children. And there's something, there's something about that time period that is precious to watch. I mean, one of the things I always liked as a father is because I wasn't able to nurse. Um, in the middle of the night when the child woke up, I could always say to my wife, hey, honey, there's nothing I can do here. <laughs> there's no reason for both of us to be awake, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it just kind of just made a lot of sense to me. So uh, that's what I would often, but, um, but she would always say, but you can go get the child for me at least. Yeah, that's true. I can do that. So, so which is kind of the way we often work that out. But um, I would watch my wife with, with, with those young children. I would watch her sometimes because some of my kids, you know, they slept through the night like that. Others of my kids, nah, it took a while. You know what I mean? I mean, they're just, they're all so different. And, and my wife would be dead beat, tired, just wiped out. And she would, she, you know, she never took that child, would you just quit wanting to nurse? No, she was just, just always tender, always motherly. You know what I mean? I mean, women are just that way. And I would watch my wife and watch her and watch her. And you know what? Then I would read a passage like this and I'd say, I think I know what Paul's talking about. Because a nursing mother is tender and precious with that child while that child is nursing. But through that entire period, they're there for that child. And doesn't a mother give her whole self? Doesn't she? I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's true, isn't it? She gives her whole self for that child. The child is crying and upset or something in his pants or her pants. She just, the mother just does what needs to be done. She gives her whole self to that child. And Paul says, you know what? Ministries like that. Paul said, you know, when I came into Thessalonica, I, I didn't just come up to you and say, look, 
see you on Sunday, give you a quick message, and then I'm on my own all week long. Is that what Paul did? Paul said, you know what? When I was with you, yeah, I gave you the gospel, because if you don't have the words of the gospel, you can't change. But I gave my whole self to you. I gave everything inside of me, not just my words, yes, my words, but my whole self because I loved you and, 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 and I wanted to see God change you. And it's just like a nursing mother. Paul says, man, when I think of nursing mothers, they just give their entire self to that child. Can you imagine if we ministered like that to one another? If, if, if we looked at one another and we were so overwhelmed with Christ and the fact that God is inside of us and He wants to use us to reach them, that we will hurdle any pain. And, and, and we don't just care about giving them a couple words. We want to give them our entire selves. What would happen? Hey, things would just get turned on their head, folks. He goes on to say this. He actually picks up on the father imagery then, doesn't he? And then look at verse 10. Uh, verse 9, which I, I guess, I don't know if I read that. For, for, you brother, for you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. We did whatever it took. Whatever it took, we were willing to do. Your witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you, encouraged and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. You know what he says? Like a mother. Think of that nursing mother. She gives her all for that child. Paul says, I give my all. I don't care what I have to do. I give my whole self because I and like a father, sometimes I say, come on, son, you can do it. Other times I have to say, hey, now, pal, come on. That's a wrong thing to do. Right? I mean, don't we have to do this, dads? I mean, you don't always say the same thing to your kids. Sometimes you say, yeah, you'll be fine, son. Other times you're saying, get going, man. Right? I mean, dads do all that. And Paul says, I had to do all that. But why was it that he did it again? He did it so that at the end of the day, people would walk worthy of God. Of the God who is calling them to his coming kingdom. Here's what I found when you put all this stuff together, when you think of ministry. This is really cool. You and I, when we minister, we use our gifts, we use our opportunities. We give our whole selves, our words, our life. We go through anything we have to go through because we love people. But as we do it, we realize it is God working through us and the God who has called them, it is God who is working in them. See, God's at both ends, isn't he? He's working through us as we minister, and he's working in them as we minister. Which means at the end of the day, who gets the glory? It's God. It's God, plain and simple. So Paul, when he thinks of ministry, thinks of mothers. Mothers... Man, do they know how to labor. Wow. Paul says, I think I know a little bit what that's about. And mothers...
do they know how to give themselves totally to children? Paul says, you know what? That's a good way for all of us to live. And what makes our ministry different is God is working through us and working in them. Which means he gets the glory. And Carmelo, like you said, people really change, don't they? I hope on this Mother's Day you'll honor your mother. I hope you'll do that. But I hope you'll think of these images. Allow these images to drive you to be more effective in your own ministry. Let's pray.